Mayfair 515, Albuquerque Center, Roger, climb and maintain 13,000. Riding down the trail to Albuquerque, saddlebags all filled with beans and Welcome to the City on the Edge podcast with your hosts, Nora Hickey, Mike Smith, and Ty Bannerman. Much like Los Angeles to me. Hey, we're back. It's it's uh, City on the Edge. We got the three of us. Mike's in person. Nora is still via Zoom because she is being a real um, kind of a prick about not moving back to Albuquerque, <laughs> which is yeah. very annoying. But we're going to let her uh, stick around anyway. And today we're going to be talking about Camp F8. F8N. F8N, which was a civilian conservation. Mm-hmm. Uh, CCC. Uh, civilian, civ- conservation? civilian Conservation Corps. Yeah. The, yeah. the guaranteed jobs program to improve America's infrastructure. From right. The uh, Great Depression. Which had a huge impact, I think, in the West. Like oh, there's huge. Everywhere yeah. you go, any national park seems to have Civilian Conservation Corps yeah. projects. Oh, and beyond that, like if you drive the Crest Road up to the Sandias, you can see stone embankments and bridges and right. uh, both the, like, the La Cueva and Juan Tavo campgrounds at the north end of the mountains, those, that iconic stone house, wow. there, those photo ops. In. Yeah, uh, and the, the Kiwanis cabin. Oh, yeah, the Kiwanis cabin. Yeah, one the of the most top. picturesque. Uh, I was reading at one point there were 35 in the state, but I don't know right. if that was... 35 structures? Um, no, no, CCC camps. Oh, right. oh, that makes sense. Yeah, there were yeah. there were more than one. And some of them had like, were kind of mobile and they'd set up here and then set up there. Okay. Should um, we go into a little bit of just the background of the CCC first before we get into the specifics of F8N? Sure. And I've got this article. I can't remember what I mentioned in it. It might have some of that, but yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you know? Uh, let's see, it started by Roosevelt to help lift America out of the Great Depression. There were lots of, unemployed well men was what the ccc served uh and so this was a way to both provide aid to those men uh who i think were between 18 and 20 25 i read yeah they were supposed to be single between 18 and 25 have at least three working teeth so they can chew their own food. <laughs> We're not allowed to real? be on parole. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there was a tooth requirement. No, there was. Uh, Stephen Ushman writes about that in 60 mm-hmm. hikes within 60 miles. Yeah, I'd have three teeth. <laughs> I, you I didn't read that. No, he, um, he turned that up with his uh, research. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, couldn't be on parole uh, or probation. Mm-hmm. And then had to be, you know, willing to be uprooted potentially. Mm-hmm. I think they tried to keep people in their immediate area, but there were way more people signing up in the east and a lot of projects that needed to be done in the west. Oh. So they they mm. shipped a lot of them out to places like New Mexico. Interesting. Um, I, I wrote down a few what I thought were interesting. What one thing I finally cleared it up for myself, the difference between the CCC and the WPA, oh, okay. because that yeah. I, is something I've been using interchangeably throughout much of my life. But mm-hmm. the CCC was mostly the, the younger men, single, and then the WPA was older men and often married hmm. and well, women too a lot of... well there was a different program for oh. women oh. called the cuw oh. I, I did not read that much about the wpa okay. so okay. if huh. they wound up being integrated with women 
which is something that was interesting. The CCC by statute was yeah. integrated. Um, mm. They weren't allowed to discriminate based on wow. race. However, in the southern states, they segregated the camps. Consisted of 300,000 unemployed young men between 18 and 25, whose families were on relief. They had to have been unemployed for at least six months. And when they got to camp, they would be given two sets of clothing, a blue denim work or fatigue suit and a renovated army olive drab uniform Hmm. for uh, when they had their uh, pictures taken. Because of the extreme poverty that these men were coming from, they would often like come into the camps being super underweight and undernourished. The men gained an average of 11 and a quarter pounds in their first three to four months in the CCC. Wow. And then it was a six month term and then you could re-enroll for up to two years. And upon completing your service, most of the enrollees who had been illiterate to begin with, had learned to read, and many had managed to finish a high school equivalency degree. That's awesome. So that was a huge deal for the 1930s. And there were some attempts to make it a permanent project, but they failed. Uh, Congress shot them down. And then when World War II began, that was pretty much the end of the the program. And they were like, Mm -hmm. that's it. Everybody's going to war now instead of uh, building building projects in uh, in the west and then we never cared about infrastructure again and things have been fine (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's strange because it it seems to me it was a very popular program and a successful program usually yeah i'm surprised it never right came back americorps sort of looks like it in some ways but it's not nearly at the scale as seems uh, like the audience is different in americorps yeah or the well, you, I know. Think you, you have to have graduated from college yeah uh, and it, it's to work off student debts as opposed to earn money for yourself and your family back home that was another thing about the ccc the men earned 30 dollars a month uh they got to keep five and then the rest had to be either sent back to their families or put into a sort of a savings account hmm. so that's interesting yeah wow. well um i've got this article should i read it yeah well well, um, who is it on again which specific camp f8n it's the one that was up in sandia park and they built a lot of the stuff around albuquerque and uh and up in the mountains and really in central new mexico all over like do you get into the specifics of the stuff they built a little bit yeah yeah Um, so i think i can't remember do you talk about the old town gazebo oh no did they get the old town gazebo well I don't know if it was F8N. Oh. I'm having a hard time finding information about this, but apparently the Civilian Conservation Corps did build, they, they built a gazebo and a stone wall in Old Town. Hmm. It yeah, that's was, a different gazebo. Uh-huh. That's, yeah, that's not the one that we have yeah. today. Radically oh, wow. different than what we have really different. in Old Town now and what, what was there in Old Town before. And apparently it was a, kind of a disaster. Like everybody hated it. <laughs> <laughs> they said that the gazebo looked like you know a prison or like a medieval or something tower. right mm-hmm. so it didn't last very long i'm not sure when it was torn down it doubles as a jail but they replaced it with um the kind of park layout that we have today which was much more accepted by the community mm. um finding information finding photographs of this is really hard to find this is the only photograph i've ever been able to find oh, of that work. I, I just thought that was really interesting that that there had been this sort of 
disastrous project that that nobody really remembers. A few people mentioned it in, in some of the histories, but it's okay. Um, all right, this was written for East Mountain Living. If you watch John Ford's 1940 adaptation of John Steinbeck's novel, The Grapes of Wrath, a classic film with second unit footage shot right around here in central New Mexico, Laguna Pueblo, Route 66, Tejeras Canyon, Ranchitos, San Antonio, Cedar Crest. Note the scene in which the besieged Jode family, jalopy refugees in their own country from the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression, arrive at an experimental socialist government-run refugee camp, a program of Roosevelt's New Deal and experience relief and joy at this unexpected opportunity to eat, drink, live, and work. The scene illustrates just how essential such programs were for people at that time of severe poverty, inequality, and deprivation. And it sends my mind to the literal remains of another related overlapping part of New Mexico history, to the Civilian Conservation Corps, CCC, one of many then extant job providing public commons improving government programs. This one which offered jobs improving and or developing public land to almost anyone willing and able to work, and to the CCC buildings, tents, and people of Camp F8N near Sandia Park in the Sandia Mountains east of Albuquerque, as well as the many bridges, campgrounds, roads, and buildings they built, which can still be seen and touched today. The Soil Soldiers, the Civilian Conservation Corps in the Great Depression, a 1976 book by Leslie Alexander Lacey, is a good place to start for an overview of the CCC, documenting Roosevelt's New Deal Army, a scattered collection of more than 2 million young men ages 18 to 25 working hard before the program was defunded by Congress in 1942 and its funds diverted to fighting World War II. For a dollar a day plus room and board, writes Lacey, they went to work fighting dust storms, restocking streams, and saving the forests of America. It was a very popular force and young men from all over the country adjusted themselves to living close to the land in a quasi-military environment while they literally saved several Dust Bowl states from blowing off the map planted half the trees ever planted in America and kept their families from relief. The CCC was a good idea that remains a good idea. Author Stephen Usherman has found in his research and mentioned in his guidebook, 60 Hikes Within 60 Minutes, Albuquerque, that almost any young man could join the CCC just as long as they had at least three good teeth so they could chew their own food. Roosevelt had established the CCC in 1933 and that same year, one of the first CCC camps in New Mexico was established in the Sandias near the village of San Antonito in the then young mountain community of Sandia Park. This camp, Camp F8N, first located back in Sulphur Canyon from 1933 to 1935. There, a little city of billowing white tents, firewood piles, and parks trucks in a wooded valley. And later from 1935 on and off until 1941 in a clearing at the base of sloping pine fields near the future location of Pete Hohola's first food stand. The second site ultimately more developed with buildings and roads among the rows of tents. The young men or Huskies of the camp, known collectively as Company 814, came from various mountain towns and villages, Tejeras, Sandia Park, Placidas, as well as from Albuquerque and elsewhere in the state. Huskies worked at least 40 hours a week and were paid $30 at the end of every month, 25 of which they had to send to their families. Weekends were for dancing and drinking in San Antonito, which sometimes resulted in lasting relationships and marriages. Up until at least 2006, the surviving members of Company 814, those still in the area anyway, would meet at a now-closed Shoney's restaurant on Manal Boulevard in Albuquerque to reminisce over breakfast foods about that time in that camp and that fruitful experiment, the CCC having formed a basis for many other future programs. And I was lucky enough to get to join them more than once while researching Towns of the Sandia Mountains, my 2006 photo history book. All the former Huskies, then with oxygen tanks and or walkers, would transform into good-natured young men when they laughed as they recalled their experiences building the stone Juan Tabot and La Cueva campground buildings and picnic tables, or using shovels to grade the road up to Sandia Peak, or building the photogenic stone Kiwanis cabin on Sandia Peak, 
or playing pranks on one another in their tents or the time one of them left the lunch trucks back doors open on the road up to the crest and a black bear climbed inside and ate everyone's sandwiches. They talked also about those dances in San Antonito and about how many of the area parents didn't like them, but the young people at least usually did. Robert Julian and Mary Stuver's Field Guide to the Sandia Mountains contains an excellent list of much of the elegant stonework characteristic of CCC projects, quote unquote, done in the Sandias by the Huskies of Camp F8N and its various auxiliary camps, all of which can still be visited. And Mike Coltrane's Sandia Mountain Hiking Guide contains helpful information for anyone wishing to find the now ruined, overgrown trailside foundations of Camp F8N's two sites. It is, of course, rewarding to read about this time and place, but encountering actual physical remnants of it after learning about it can feel absolutely electric. Touch a crumbling slab of concrete that once served as a tent platform, release your historic imagination, and find yourself transported back in time as those laughing, grinning old men were transported back over photographs. Think of that pop-up culture, the individual lives within it, the hope offered to them all as they worked year after year from May to November, the anecdotes and moments lived and the legacy they left behind, a legacy of real life locations, improved and lasting, allowing others to connect with nature and the land, but also the immortal legacy of a good idea, a legacy outlasting even rock. Nice, so tell me about the site. What, what is it like? Um, well, I've been to both, um, but it's been a while. Uh, one the one off of sulfur canyon there's a few things there's like there's it's mostly foundations and stuff and it's all way overgrown and um uh not too exciting, <laughs> you know, not too exciting. Pretty, pretty basic the tinkertown one i think has been mostly obliterated i bet there's some stuff around there still i, I feel like I, I saw something there a while ago a long time ago but is it like but, behind uh, tinkertown or i think it was like there okay like like that's why it's not around hmm. anymore and then uh pete hohola who would later Open Pete's, which was a popular small restaurant and I think small chain, I think, um, up in the mountains for a while. Um, that was his first location and his stand became Tinkertown. So mm -hmm. I think it, that there was like some history at that, that okay. site there. But, but uh, this is know. cool because I did my favorite research technique use ties login to oh, newspapers.com. Nice. <laughs> and yes, the article that I thought was the coolest. <laughs> And most, um, and I just looked up, you know, the CCC and Sandia, and I found this article on Company 814, and I didn't know that it was the same uh. um, company. And it's, you know, it's, they really focused on the food, and this is just an excerpt of it, um, in answer to the question of how is the food, a prompt, great, came from every hand. The answer was made to a journal reporter who circulated among the group to learn of actual conditions. Wow. You know, and then they go on to describe um, the buildings, the beds, the kitchens, um, that it has running water pumped in um, from the springs in Sulphur Canyon. Yeah, it's probably a big deal, you know? Yeah. They're coming from the, the, the boonies and hollers of uh, West Virginia or wherever. Mm -hmm. And literally right. starving probably yeah. during depression conditions and right. so tell me about these old guys at the um shonies oh, what was that was, experience like? it was really cool i mean like it was it's just surreal i i met a few people like uh i when i was working on that book i became friends with this guy dennis lucero and he was just a local who lived up in canyon cito and he was a volunteer with it and he had all kinds of stories from it, and he would point out oh, I built that, like this like random stone wall near the Canyon Cedar Cemetery, Cemetery or something, you know? Like a um, pride. Yeah, yeah, like pride. I built that in 19, you know, 40 something, <laughs> like, whoa. Um, 
And, uh, but the Shoney's people, yeah, they were just, you know, a bunch of really old people with walkers and wheelchairs and they all had photo albums and memorabilia and mm -hmm. stuff with them. It was really cool. And I also went to the forest service and they have all these photo albums of pretty boring photos. Cause they were like more to document things. Like it's like, here's a picnic table in 1930 looking exactly like <laughs> it looks now with no yeah, people cool. in it. Great picture. I can't use any of these. Um, <laughs> well, it's kind of cool to think about that that picnic table has right. remained unchanged. Right, you know, right, that, right. that's neat, but you're, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. not a dramatic Yeah, just shot. as far, uh, you know, when you're putting together a photo book, you don't right. want like, give me the right. most boring crap you got. But uh, <laughs> um, but uh, no, it, um, uh, yeah, you know, they were just really cool, uh, fun people and and uh, had all these good memories. And it was obviously like foundational. They were still like, let's keep hanging yeah. out now that we're in yeah. our 80s and 90s. And You um, could see how that'd be so bonding. Um, totally. Totally. And then, I mean, I was really struck by the, the differences in, in how the men came in and how the men came out, hmm. like in terms of the, the weight gained the yeah. uh, education right. they received Literacy. and then I mean, material like, differences or whatever right and not right. just yeah. you know you get your high school equivalency which is you know definitely looks good on paper but also you've learned to work with people mm -hmm. on a project all together and you know like that's that's not that's not nothing yeah no kidding we need a federal jobs guarantee program yeah. now that would be so awesome i think that'd be great yeah um, i mean how cool um, would like we could all sell yeah. masks for we the have, Delta variant. Yeah, we have things that need done. I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> yeah, it's proven to have been a successful program. Why can't we replicate yeah. it in some well, way? And, and popular. And pop, yes. Like, Will is not people there. People love talking about it. Um, people love seeing the uh, the the remnants of their projects. Yeah, I mean, and I don't mean remnants like the ruins, but like the mm -hmm. still uh existing places like the kiwanis cabin is still mm -hmm. yeah, major there photo op site right yeah exactly and of course you know dams and stuff that they built in yeah places, so um there were cool. a few complaints i found but they're uh, kind of hmm. you know Tell mostly me. they're all one guy says it certainly beats loafing around doing nothing but it wouldn't be a man's camp if there weren't some complaints uh, For example, after supper, as the boys had changed from the army work clothes to either their own civilian clothes or the olive drab slacks and shirts, there were many complaints that the narrow issue trousers were no proper garment in this day when 20 inch diameters are the vogue for a man's pants legs. Yeah, well, you know, you can't be super <laughs> fashionable in the CCC. I did, I did read, you know, this, this program was really popular. The WPA ran into some problems early on. Mm. Um, primarily, the they contracted um, artists and playwrights and so forth into the program, and those guys, you know, had a lot of socialist and communist leanings, and so they mm. they came in under fire very uh, very early on from the more conservative members of the of Congress. Nerds. There's an interesting movie about it um, called. Uh, I always get it mixed up with all there's a there's a horror movie that also came out with the same almost the same name um like the hand that rocks the cradle hmm. uh it the the movie is about a play that featured orson wells and a bunch of other um kind of left-leaning left-leaning folks um and it it was seen as having a a very pro-communist message became um hmm. 
it, it came under fire for that. And so there's a film about it. It's got uh, Bill Murray and Tim Robbins. The Cradle Will Rock. That's uh, what it is. It's a little. It's not the greatest movie in the world, but it's fun. Hmm. Wait, and that's about the WPA? That's about the WPA. Hmm, 1999. Yeah, 1999, Cradle Will Rock. Not to be confused with The Hand That Rocks the Cradle, yeah. which is about a babysitter who uh, tries to take a family apart from within. I feel like I saw that in the 90s yeah, as well, uh, yeah. Yes, Hand That Rocks the Cradle is the hand that rocks the world was the tagline on the trailer, hmm. which I don't, Hand That Rules the World, which okay. I don't know if that's a real saying or not. Yeah. But that's not what I'm talking about is the point. Yeah, nothing more powerful than the person stuck taking care of the baby. <laughs> she, was a, she, was a, she was seducing the father. Oh. You know, it was very okay. 90s. One of those great. Yeah, it's so 90s, movies, isn't like, it? Oh, man, women, <laughs> they're, they're always up to something. Wow. Yeah. I'm uh, glad that these, um, the boys, as they keep being called in these articles, <laughs> got a little, you know, like they got to go to dances. Um yeah. It says in the article I had, yeah, they did. They walked five miles to San Antonio, like you were saying. That's cool. And they were, they worried the, the parents. It sounds mm-hmm. like they were like, eh, these yeah, guys, right. A bunch of young men. Right. Mm-hmm. Probably reasonably. I mean, yeah. Like, Got mm-hmm. the muscles built up from right. hauling rocks around all day. Another interesting. Got three um, teeth. That's pretty good. <laughs> I bet some of them even had more. Um, in in um (laughs) september of 1933 um it looks like five ccc members in san in the sandia camp um so i'm it says the camp in the sandia mountains got typhoid fever and they went to um the veterans hospital in albuquerque and, and recovered but they were trying to figure out in this at this reporting what the source of the infection was. Is that a waterborne disease or am I thinking of cholera? Typhoid? No, typhoid. No, is that typhoid Mary, right? Ty- isn't that like, is that like feces and droplets and I stuff think, like yeah, that? I think, yeah, unclean hands, right? Like that was the whole deal with typhoid Mary was she was asymptomatic mm. carrier and she was a cook. Cook, yeah. So I think that's what it was. So they weren't wiping. But overall, it seems like you guys are saying they were very popular. And I found this small ad, it seemed like, from the Albuquerque National Trust and Savings Bank. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't an article. It was this ad. And it says, news at the Civilian Conservation Corps will improve the Sandia Loop and Crest Roads is welcome. Mm. Completion of the Cedro, Cedro Canyon Road is another big recreational advantage for Albuquerque. Manzanas, huh. Yeah. So, so did they do those? You mentioned several of the, the cabins. There's the Kiwanis cabin, which obviously still exists. Right. There's Wantabo mm-hmm. cabin, which is another one of these rock structures. Mm-hmm. And the Cueva. And that still exists mm-hmm. too, right? Kind of, yeah, in various states of... But there's you know, one but... near there that's completely fallen apart. Oh, yeah. I've wondered what that one is. I, I, I've heard the name before, but I can't. Okay. It was definitely one of those two. Are the ruins still there? Yeah. yeah, like when you drive into the other two, you pass the one I think that ties. I think the roof has fallen in. Um, it's a little more off the road. Yeah, and I think the idea behind these was they were places for hikers or hunters to like stay the night when they were mm-hmm. headed up into the mountains, right? Yeah. Because the, 
was way out there. Juan yeah. Tabo was way out there. Totally. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly Kiwanis Cabin was. Wild. Yeah. Well, interesting. Good yeah. stuff. Michael. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. It's, it, and honestly, is a good idea more immortal than rock? Not really. Oh, what? <laughs> Wait, say well, that's how Are you I talking about it. the rock? More, oh. The immortal legacy of a good idea, a legacy outlasting even rock. I'm like thinking yeah. about that. I'm like, that's not okay. Maybe. I a guess. Legacy that outlasts the but, rock. Well, yeah. rocks last a long time. Yeah, it's kind of. I think that, you know, I, that, that would be my critique. Yeah. But then when he's, a fair one. My, a legacy outlasting even. Um, well, the men themselves. Oh. That's true. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Outlasting Shonies. Outlasted Shonies. Maybe, maybe outlasting Those rock are... walls or something that would fall. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, um, yeah. Um, but... you know, something... I didn't catch it when I heard it. But... <laughs> me neither. Yeah. Uh... It, it sounded nice. It to sounded me, nice. Yeah. Now that you mention it. Well, I mean, I do think that that's a great idea. I mean, and also, I just love newspapers.com, aka news, old newspapers. Yeah. I so, think that's two... the important thing from today's episode mm-hmm. is everyone sign up for a newspapers.com <laughs> account. And newspapers.com, use, send us money. Use the code City on the Edge. There isn't a code, but you know, maybe if everybody <laughs> uses the code, they'll be like, who's City on the Edge? We should give them money. There you uh, go. Yeah. Interesting idea. But I have two ideas from it. Should we ask Ooh. our viewers to weigh in or I like this idea? All right. All right. <laughs> okay. So one is, which I think is still an ongoing thing as we've seen in the news, but final arguments heard in quote, Indian made jewelry case um, with regards to the Maisel trading post in oh, Albuquerque. Yeah. Okay. The, this um, is, uh, you know, what year are we talking about here? 1933. 1933. So Skip Maisel's or Maisel's trading post, the historic building down on Central. They just closed after like a hundred years in business. Mm -hmm. Um, Beautiful building. So this would be an episode kind of exploring that history. and Yeah, that history of, and maybe the ongoing um, issues with, you know, people claiming something is native made authentic auth yeah authentic whatever right. yeah right um i just thought that was interesting back in 1933 that a case existed yeah. yeah i thought that i would have thought that was a more recent thing okay so that's one then, that's one and this one i don't know if there's much out there but i'd love to know it just caught my attention runaway white boy lives in indian pueblo Santo Domingo's enjoy company of Iowa youth, but he flees when they start him home. What? And <laughs> that's the, you know, the, I don't have to go super into it, but it was just an interesting incident. Um, incident in which. What year? Uh, what year? Same, same, pa- same newspaper. So 1933. Uh, 1933. That's mm-hmm. really interesting that they're still framing that. Okay. Okay. So. Uh, the idea is to take one of these two stories and use that as a basis for uh, either our next episode or soon thereafter. Or a future one, yeah. <laughs> we'll put a poll up on Patreon. Nice. And then Ooh. our patrons, uh, starting at $1 a month and up, <laughs> can weigh in as to what, which, uh, which subject, Jack, they want to see explored or hear explored in a, in a future episode. Yeah. 
So wow. Yeah. So if you're a patron, you literally get to change the course of the future. Mm-hmm. Holy moly, Who what knows? power. The power, yes. Yeah. All yeah. for only a dollar a month. You can remake <laughs> the world in your own image. We will make you feel like God, yes. Yeah. <laughs> for one dollar a month, we will make you feel like God. That's our motto. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> uh, thank you for tuning into another episode of City on the Edge. If you enjoyed our show, tell your friends. Like and share our stuff on social media, and check out our YouTube channel by searching for City on the Edge Albuquerque. This episode has been made possible by our supporters on Patreon, aka the coolest people on the planet. To join them in their support of our show and get exclusive access to content, t-shirts, and swag, go to patreon.com slash cityontheedge and sign up for one of the tiers starting as low as $1 a month. This has been a City on the Edge production.